And we are live for 65th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi, and like, who gives a shit about life or anything? Or like, you know, like, well, what's even the point of anything? Okay, like, I'm, I'm with Andrew and G, and hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to sadness. Like, I really don't. I really don't care. You know, like, I was gonna ask how you. I, I was really gonna ask how you guys are doing, but I really don't give a shit. You know, like, like <laughs> you guys, I hate everybody. Bronx yeah, Bomber Feelings Hour. It's been, yeah, it's been a few days. We're recording this Tuesday night. I haven't had an episode in a bit, but, you know, crazy year, 2020. A lot of us had a lot of crazy shit going on. The Yankees playing like dog shit and ultimately losing the ALDS in five games to the Rays. Yeah, just things are going. So we're just going to have a quick episode, vent about it. We're going to get into more structured episodes in the off season. look at the season as a whole a little bit more, but... For this episode, we're just venting. We're just getting our thoughts out. Um, yeah, uh, Andrew, how are we feeling? Not good, man. And I think you you already said everything that needs to be said. Um, yeah, that's the show. That's like a lose. Show. When I said quick episode. That's what I meant. That's it. I mean, if you're going to go out, why does it have to be at the hands of a division rival? Why does it have to be as painful as it is? Basically the same ending as last year. Um, late inning home run off Chapman. Um, just I know we, we had high expectations at the beginning of the year, but, I mean, when they had that stretch um, in the middle where they just couldn't buy a win and they were at, what, I think 21 and 21 through 42 games, barely holding on to the eight seed, you're like, I think we kind of knew that maybe this team doesn't have it this year. And then Boone came out and said, oh, yeah, well, you know, we could flip a switch at any moment. And then you saw what they did in Cleveland. You thought, shit, did they flip that switch? Uh, and, of course, you know, it didn't. everything came crashing down, losing three of their last four games. Uh, and here we are. We're sad, and um, yeah, but what's the point, right? <laughs> Literally isn't a point. I don't even know why we're doing this podcast. It's just it's no point. Gee, what, how are you feeling, bud? <sighs> um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't all that fun watching the Yankees this year. It really wasn't. Every now and then, they would do good stuff, and like they went on the winning streak, you know, in towards the end of the season and that was fun and you start to be like oh shit like maybe some shit's gonna happen and then they like someone tied their damn laces together they fell right on their face afterwards just it's just not fun they played as close as possible of a playoff series with the rays and it's a division rival and come down to one run and one inning and stuff like in terms of that series rays had really good pitching and whatever like you know we're going to talk about all the stuff about that series later i'm sure but the thing that i came away thinking was that like something is really weird about this yankees group and you know i don't know if it's aaron boone or whatever like it's going on year three or four of like the judge and gary and glaber and co group of yankees and i just think they need to actually start winning something for a change you know it's just something very strange about like ongoing there's always injuries and they don't score runs in the playoffs and like i don't know it's just really strange and i think it's just really frustrating and something is really off about it you know g your point about the yankees should start winning something soon tough to disagree with that man i just (laughs) it's really just kind of like the whole thing right but you know, G, the point you, point you brought up about, like, there's something weird about this team. And I, Something's missing, I, yeah. I saw, I saw a lot of people talk about that after they lost. And someone brought something. I forget whether it was on, like, Twitter or Reddit or YouTube or whatever. But someone brought it up, and they said there's no, like, human element with this team. There's no, like, family, brotherhood element with this team. Like, remember, uh, what was it, 2017, the thumbs down, and they all – we're doing the thumbs down, or was that 2018? Or I can't remember. That's 2017. 2017. That was 2017. Like you know, there was like a sense of like, all right, yeah, this is our thing, and we're like, and I get that team wasn't supposed to do shit, so it was different. But I don't know, man. Like the last three years, and this is something that this is something John Boy said, I think like a month ago, when the Yankees were going through that bad stretch, and uh, when they were in Buffalo and let up a thousand runs in the inning. This team has showed the last three years that hey. We don't give a shit about the regular season. We don't give a shit about the regular season. We're just going to go out there. We're going to rest guys every four or five games. We're, like, never really going to go hard. We're going to, like, kind of sleep snooze our way into either, like, an AL East division title or, like, a wild card appearance. Whatever. We'll make the playoffs. We have enough talent. And then you just get to the postseason and think, like, all right, now here's our time. Guess what? When you play 
a certain way for so long, that becomes how you play. Like you can't just change it after a while. Even if you tell yourself, all right, we're going to change it. It's like your body is just so wired to play like that and to just be lackadaisical and not intense that that's just how you play. And I really yeah. think that it's like a huge problem with the Yankees. Look, 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 all you, you even said it before the playoffs even started. I think it was probably the last week of the regular season, right around the time um, first or second round of the NBA playoffs were going on. And I know, you know not the same thing, but you, you brought up the the Clippers, right? You said, hey, like they play the entire same season thing. like an exhibition. They're just going to flip a switch. Everyone's going to, you know, we saw what Kawhi did last year. Um, they're just going to turn it on and they're going to be the favorites to win the NBA championship. And they got smoked in the second round. I mean, they were up 3-1 right? and they, they, they blew it, but they didn't get out of the second round of the playoffs. And you said this is the exact same shit that's going to happen with the Yankees, right? You can't just have no sense of urgency the entire season and expect things to just magically change once the calendar flips to October. It doesn't work that way. I get that in terms of the um, – I, I, I agree. I think I was going to draw a different basketball comparison. I was going to say the Houston Rockets because they've had so much success the last, you know, X amount of years. And then everyone's just like, oh, this – this is the year they're going to do it. They're going to, you know, they score a ton of, you know, they score a ton during the regular season. The numbers are off the chart. They hit a bunch of home runs. The Yankees, the Rockets hit all the threes. And then it just never works. And it's like, hey, you know what? Well, you know, not to like poo-poo the home runs, but they're going to go away at least a little bit in the postseason. So I don't know. It's just funny. I, I thought that was a really interesting comparison, the Clippers and the Rockets. But, I mean, like Aaron – Boone, and this is something that bothered me about him since really became the manager. Luigi, like you said, like you play a certain way for so long. Like it's annoying to me to watch Aaron Boone on a day in a day out basis, almost exclusively because of the way he makes his lineups every day. He's just a terrible manager. And it's like he's awful. Like he, but is like he doing anything, his... or is it all all the scouting well, and analytical department? And he's that's, just a, that's the other side of it. Like I'm like halfway. I hate Boone. This guy's the worst fucking manager I've ever seen. And then the other half of me is like, the dude's a puppet. Like he, like if, he's, knows, if he's making none a, of these decisions, maybe there's a I mean, good, maybe if there's a good manager in there. Maybe if they let him manage, he would actually be like a good manager. Who the hell knows? But whatever it is, they just do not let him manage. Right, and that's what we liked about Joe Girardi. Right, he he lacked the human element. Um, and I'm gonna kind of counter myself here in a second, but he lacked like that personable. Um, you know, that ability to actually connect with the clubhouse and and have that that brotherhood, that family. Right, but he. You know, at the, at the very least, he had a feel for the game, right? Like there was a human element to the way he managed the game. Whereas Boone, I feel like whether he's just following a game script or um, he's literally being fed decisions, what to, I mean, you don't have a cell phone. Someone's not texting you during the game telling you what to do, but you, you're generally briefed beforehand. Like this happens, you're going to do this, right? And he just has to follow orders. Not having that, that human element, that, that finger, you know, like on the pulse of the game, it really exposes the team. And, and I go back to, to game two of the division series against Tampa, right? And, and I made this point in our chats. I made it on, on Twitter as well. A lot of people are going to hear this and, and thoroughly disagree with me, but I, I do need to get the piece. And the, the strategy to go with the opener on paper was brilliant. It should have worked, but there was one one loophole to that, that strategy, and it was – Exactly what the race I, 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 it's exactly what, exactly what Tampa did. The way you overcompensate for and you know a, a platoon advantage driven lineup is to just alternate right hand and left handed hitters, which is exactly what Kevin Cash did, right? So the Yankees tried to outsmart the smartest team in baseball, and Tampa was a step ahead of them, right? So, yeah. but here's no, the thing: why, why even like you're up one zero in the series? We'll get into Tanaka later in the future for him. But you're up 1-0 in the series. Like, how do you not go with your number two starter who has 10 starts playoff experience, has a career playoff ERA at that point of like 2-8? How do you not? How do you try to get like cute? Like, I understand. I understand if you literally lost game one. All right, we got to try something. We got to like get a spark. But you're up 1-0 in a series. Like, I, I, I don't like know, that man. Turn the series because you wind up. I mean. Uh, well, that's that's. Let me just say this though. That's not why we lost the series. I didn't agree with that move. I don't think it was like so because like the way Tanaka pitched, we probably lose game two anyways, right? Like uh, it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, of all the annoying stuff that happened in the series, I've had to like boil it down to one thing. I would say that my prevailing thought is that you have to score more than one run in elimination game because you can't ask your pitchers, no matter how good they are, 
and we could say this about Tampa because their pitching is very good. They didn't give up zero runs either. So like you have to score more than one run in a playoff game. I don't know. If I was gonna if I was gonna go back to the Aaron Boone versus George Girardi thing, like it's weird to say, like I feel like George Girardi was like more human. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Aaron Boone that drives me absolutely yeah, that's other like, than the savages in the box thing last year, which they probably told him, Hey Boone, go out there and make a scene, but I was gonna say that like in all of our group chats. I feel like stuff, that wasn't scripted, you know, what he said no, was I'm, still I'm, from the heart. I'm just yeah. I'm just kidding. But no, like in all of our group chats we have been like begging for Aaron Boone to do anything like that. And he finally did it, so like that's great, but like I don't like the the dude I feel like he picks his lineups out of a hat every day. And whether that's him, like until you get some indicator that's him just saying, like, whatever, this is the matchup, and we're going to bat Giancarlo third, and tomorrow we're going to bat him fifth, and Gary's going to bat sixth, and then tomorrow's going to bat ninth. Like, it's it's totally different era. But, like, I appreciate the fact that Joe Girardi was like, hey, you know what? Like, this is going to be a lineup. Jeter lead off, A-Rod second, you know, Teixeira third, whatever, X, Y, Z. Like, and every day. And that was a lineup until someone needed a day off. And, like, whether or not this affects the players or not, it could have just me, you know, be the thoughts in my head, not being how it actually is in baseball. But like, that's annoying to me. And well, it, it, it's, having it, it's done a kumbaya things, attitude, like, you know, at least semi-competitively, I like to believe that these guys have, you know, you know, like to be in a rhythm of some kind, right? Like, like my- today I'm going to bat in the first inning. Tomorrow I'm going to bat in the third inning. I don't know. It's just, it's just annoying, bro. Think- like. I think my biggest complaint with Boone is, like, I think his bullpen management actually got slightly better as the year went on. Only problem that was that the pitchers in the bullpen got worse. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, the fact that our bullpen sucked, it's like at a certain point, it's like, all right, what the f- – like, because I remember at a certain point when Adovino was just god-awful and, like, our bullpen was terrible, Boone would, like, put, like, Sessa in, and people would be like, what is he doing? And I'm like, who the fuck do you want him to put in? Like, we all – all our guys suck right now. You can, at a certain point, you have to put someone out there. Yeah. But I yeah. think my biggest complaint with Boone, and I don't know if this is the, an, the analytic dweebs or whoever, but, like, how many times over the years with, in the in the Boone era have we – has a guy gone, like, four for six with two home runs that both went to Saturn, and then they're just on the bench the next day? I feel like that's happened. It's like that, it just happens so many times. And then, like, I like I hate to – like, you know, we always say, like, look, I, I don't want to sound like a boomer, but but it's so – like, I'll, I'm with boomers on the whole analytics thing. Like, I hate analytics now. Like, they're useful. They're good. What analytics has done to this Yankee team is terrible. Because they don't use it properly. I mean, you have to be so no, – to say, you have, like the Rays, where literally was, every single thing you do – I was literally just about to say, you, know, you need to know how to utilize analytics. Analytics are great, but the way the Yankees use them, it's like they are literally – they have their heads just straight down at their analytics sheet, and the game's going on. Well, this matchup is this. It's like, well, well fuck that matchup. The guy on the mound just threw eight pitches, like, in the dirt. Like, you know, your your analytics like, don't mean shit right now. You have to watch dude, the game, too. The, the Mike Ford pinch hit in, yeah, in was, game – what was that, game Andrew, three? They love Mike Ford. Why does the analytics team love Mike Ford? They're like, this guy's Babe Ruth. Like, put him up there. He's going to hit a home run. That was game five. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the guy hadn't had a hit since August, hadn't had an at-bat in three weeks at the professional <laughs> level. The and I get that he's a left-handed hitter against a right-handed reliever, but, like – Leaving Higgy or pinching Clint Frazier or even pinching yeah, Gary Sanchez at that you, point. Like, wait, if you're going to bring in Gary anyway. But even the fact that you're pinch hitting for one of your two catchers in like a game, a winner take all elimination game, it's like that. that's in this, what, the seventh or eighth inning? It's like that's a move. And, and like, I know you guys didn't want to didn't want to blame this on, on Boone and and maybe he's not at fault for what happened. But I think it's you can at least be attributed to it a little bit. Um, that decision, ultimately, you could say potentially lost us the game in the fact that there was an 0-2 pitch on Mike Brasso that I think Kyle Higashioka frames properly for strike three. That home run never happened. It was yeah. the third pitch of the bat. It was a 10-pitch at bat. He would have been gone on the third pitch. Um, and, and then we have no idea what happens from there, right? We may be playing in an hour, um, or we still may lose that game. I don't know, right? But there's so many things that were wrong with that decision. A, you're bringing in a guy who you absolutely knew wasn't going to get a hit, and B, you took out your best defensive catcher in a tie game in the eighth inning of, of an elimination winner take all game five. Like what? Do you, what? What? Yeah, what? And, I mean, and, there's and no analytics even, about no, that. No, and someone just, even brought it up. Oh, like we really feel good now that Gary's back there catching Chappie, who isn't wild at all. 
the Chappie never throws balls in the dirt or anything. Like, Chappie's never yeah. – uh, just terrible. And, and really, like, I think it was the clip of John Boy. Like, they're watching the game. The TV pans to – the camera pans to Mike Ford, and they just, he just literally, like, no, jumps out of Because, no. really, it was, like, one of those things. I think I went to the bathroom, and, like, I got back, and, like, it was already, like, I think, like, an 0-1 or 0-2 count. And I'm like, is that Mike Ford? I'm like, what the f-? – like, I'm, like, thinking, like, did something – like, did Voight get hurt? Like, did something happen to someone that Mike Ford's in this game? Like, that's what my first thought was, that Voight got hurt. But then it was just, oh, no, he's pinch hitting for Higgy because they think this guy's about to hit, like, a 500-foot home run. I just – like, Mike Ford hadn't gotten a hit, right? Like, he that the game was, like, what, the ninth or 10th? Mike Ford hadn't gotten a hit since August 31st, I believe. Or, like, August. Like, it, had, it had been over, like, six weeks since this man got a hit in a Major League Baseball game, and they're pinch hitting him in a tie game, eighth inning. Game five. Like, he almost like, walked, there's, there's, and I was is, like, this is, like, the best possible scenario for this at bat, yeah. where, like, they walk him and let, basically let him get on base. Like, that's the best possible scenario, and that like, that's just stupid, like, which I feel like is, like, what happens, right? When it's, like, you know, going back to, like, the, the game two pitching thing, like, they had a plan, Tampa countered it, and not to say, like, oh, you scratch Davey, like, whatever, a few minutes before the first pitch when they released the lineup, just let him keep pitching. They said that this was the plan or this wasn't the plan. Jay Happ started warming up like two pitches into the game. Like, this is clearly the plan, and that's fine. Like, that was it was a f- perfectly fine plan to have, except they countered it. So now you have to, like, be a functioning, you know, baseball understanding human being and be like, hey, you know what, maybe we shouldn't throw – like five and a half ERA J Hap out there against a lineup that he's not suited to face because and, they count. And, and that's like, the thing, right? Because they should have seen that the lineup was was staggered left-handers and, and right-handers, and that there was no incentive to bringing in Hap to face six straight left-handers, and they and they didn't immediately pinch hit all their left or their right-handers for left-handers in the first inning, which I could totally see Kevin Cash doing, by the way, right? Like. <laughs> it's the third um, inning and the Rays have no one available off their bench. Right. Well, well, here's here's how that strategy works, right? In theory, is you see, oh, there's a right-handed rookie starting who's never made a postseason appearance in his life. Let's throw the left-handed platoon at him, right? Like just throw everyone in our lineup on our roster who's a left-handed hitter, stack the deck against him. So he gets to the first inning. I keep up a home run anyway, right? but we we countered. So it was tied one one, whatever. Let's say they have all left-handed hitters, maybe one righty in there, right? Like, I think Zanino was playing. So, like, you have your catcher, right? You're not going to – well, you're not going to burn your backup catcher in the first inning. But you just – you know what I mean, right? Aaron you, you, bring in, you bring in Hap, right? And then he mows down a couple lefties in a row. And then by the third or fourth inning, maybe Cash says, fuck it. Let's go to all of our right-handers, right? And now he stacks the deck. All right-handed hitters, of course, depleting his bench. But now you have all right-handed hitters against Hap. And before you let Hap face the gauntlet of right-handed hitters, you know what Boone says? Eh, fuck it, let's go to Adam Adovino, who has really good splits against right-hand hitters, even though he was struggling, right? And now you have the race exactly where you want them. They have no bullpen, and you could just throw all right-handed relievers against a right-handed hitting lineup all, you know, the last six innings, and you have a huge advantage. That's how it, it, it planned out. But the, but at the, the same time, analytics doesn't have a feel for the game. Like, it didn't work out that way. You can't script a game before the first pitch is thrown. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, Andrew. If the Yankees wanted to do, like, what they did in game two, in a normal year where, hey, normally at ALDS, after game two, you get that off day. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to go full bullpen game two off, that's a great strategy. I'm like, yeah, all for it. But guess what? It wasn't like that. If you had five straight games, five straight days, it's like, why are you trying to do a bullpen day game two? Game four, I get it. If, you, if you're if you up like 2-1 or down 2-1 game four and you know you have Cole, say, for game five, then that's different. But And you can argue that's why we lost – the, the series because game three Tanaka took us out of it. We went to our, our low grade relievers. They got through the rest of the game. Our up and ten scoring off whatever. Game three was a, a game four was a must win situation where we had to deplete Britain yeah, and Chapman Britain in the first place. And so again, you had no off days, yeah. um, and you had to go. I mean, they could have left Colin longer in, in um, game five. I mean, he was at what five and a third, and he only gave up the the one home run, almost yeah, like a, the second home almost run, but. Pitches. Right, and I mean, you could say, oh, well, he's race. You got to push him, and if you lose on his back, fine. But I mean, I get going to the bullpen, but because you had to burn the bullpen three days in a row, and you had no off days in there, that's why um, you had to use 
only Britton and Chapman to try and get four outs, four innings worth of outs. You can argue that's exactly why we lost because we didn't have more fresh, four, uh, fresh guys. Honestly, though, shout out to Cole and Stanton. Like both the, both dudes were just awesome. Like those have been our two big ac- off season accusations over the last few years, right? Obviously, trading for Stanton and then signing Cole, and they both showed out. Like Stanton, look, Cole, what Cole goes seven innings, two runs. Um, what was his second start? He had yeah, he had three start, or, seven three innings, starts. two runs, six innings, three runs, and then five and two thirds, one run. So, like, obviously the third one's not a quality start because he didn't go six innings, but three great starts, right? Three great – like, he, like even in game one against Tampa, lets up the two early home runs, clearly doesn't have his A stuff, but grinded through and gave us six innings, three runs. Like, that's all you could ask for. Like, I always found it so funny how, like, six innings, three runs translates to a 4.5 ERA, which is bad, but six, six innings, three runs is a good start. Like, if starter go, right. gives you six innings and only allows three runs, like, solid start. Even though if he did that every time, it'd be a bad ERA. But anyways, yeah, both Stanton with all the home runs and Cole giving us three really good starts. They were both awesome. They both showed up. Rest of the team, not so much. Not so much. Um, and you I, look I at think... the guys who, who really carried you through the year, um, well, at least one of them, um, who, who just were complete no-shows. For if, if not the whole playoffs, at least the, the Tampa Bay series. Um, I mean, DJ didn't really do much in the – the ALDS, he was good in the two games against Cleveland. Obviously, he had the game-winning hit in game two. Uh, but Voight was pretty much a no-show the entire playoffs. Um, Gio had the good games in Cleveland and fell off the face of the earth in the ALDS. Aaron Judge had four hits. Three of them were home runs. One was a yeah, – the home run in game five was was big in the moment. But, I mean, he that was a mistake, right? He, he looked like it should have been a foul ball, and he's just strong enough to be pushed it out. The home, <laughs> run, the home run in the first game of the of the wild card series against Bieber, he jumped on a 94-mile-per-hour fastball right down the middle in the first inning. Like, yeah, I'm not going to take that away from him, but I don't think that's like a grinded out, like he showed how good of a hitter he was. Right? He just jumped on a guy who threw a fastball right down the middle, and he let ran into one, right? Like, he did nothing for the most part. Let me, say, let me say something. Yankee fans over the last few years have kind of always given Judge a pass. Mm-hmm. And when he made his post-game comments, I saw a lot of people kind of say, like, yeah, Judge, you talk about being a leader, man. You talk about all these things. Like, you can't even stay on the fucking field, man. Like, you can't even stay on the field. And then when you're on the field, like, you're just striking out every time. I'm like, I love Judge. Like, don't get me wrong. But there, mm-hmm. it, it is coming to a point where it's like, hey, man, if, you're in, if you miss more than, like, 50 games next year, like, this fan base is going to be done with you, man. Like this I mean, fan base, like, thing. and we wanted to be a more local leader, leader too. And, judge, and look, or it's kind of tough to be hard on Judge because like the dude's six seven, two eighty. Like you're gonna get injured more than the average person at that size. But look at but, Stan and look at Voight. They both lost fifteen twenty pounds this season, and, and I mean, they, I mean, I mean, Stan, Stan still got hurt. But but <laughs> but <laughs> like, <is> your, <laughs> your point? No, but <laughs> but but they both they both worked on flexibility and. You know, I was gonna say Stanton said he changed down. up his some of his pre and post game stuff. So that he would hopefully cut down on that in the future. I guess we'll have to see. Was, and I know Judge was recovering from a broken rib all off season, so maybe he didn't have the chance to do that. But I mean, like I think my biggest thing with him know. is is I'm sick and tired of the same freaking rhetoric he gives three years yeah. in a row now, right? Hey man, I mean, yeah, I just first year he was a rookie, whatever, right? But the last three years, the years that we've had Boone, but I mean, it's just that, that Judge was a. Wasn't a rookie anymore. He was starting to become a leader on the team. He gave the same, oh, well, you know, I'm disappointed. I hate seeing the team celebrate on our field or I hate seeing the team celebrate in front of us. At what, what point, I mean, those words don't mean anything anymore, right? I mean, I'm, I could, you know, do something at work every day, right? And, and, and fail to work with my boss to try and get better. But if I'm still, I'm still not showing improvement. At a certain point, it's gonna be like maybe you're not a good fit for this, right? Like, I mean, mean, not saying that that judge can't play or whatnot, but that, but right, but those words as a leader don't mean anything if he's saying the same thing with the same tone every year at elimination. Like, I want to see him get pissed. Like, something's got to change. You can't be a leader from the sideline. You just can't. Like, Mm -hmm. a judge has literally everything going for him except for that. Like, you have to be healthy and be on the field or you need to find and fill that void from somewhere else. You know, I have, a, I have kind of like a conspiracy theory and I, this is, I don't believe this is fully true, but I, I really do believe there's some truth in this. I don't think like, you know, the Yankees have all these injuries and everyone gets hurt. I truly believe that a lot of the time these guys aren't that injured. These guys, maybe they're hurt. Maybe they're a little banged up, but they could play. Like, they could easily play. 
but they're just like, nope, we're in the regular season, don't mean shit, you're out this month. Like, I truly believe that. Because, like, with all these guys being out, like, like the thing that got me this year was, like, the way they – like, and this is it was last year, too. Like, the ways these dudes get hurt. It's not mm-hmm. like – like, look, if a guy gets – like, like what happened to Stanton years ago is when he got hit in the face. Like, an injury like that, it's like you could fucking be the most conditioned athlete in the face of, on the face of the planet. If a 99-mile-per-hour mm-hmm. fastball hits you in the face, you're going to be out for a bit. Like, that just happens, right? Like, yeah. if you if you get – just like an injury is like that, like freak accidents, like no, like if you get hit by a fastball on the wrist, like you're, you know, like you're going to be out. Like it just happens. You can't avoid that. Mm-hmm. But Jesus Christ, like the Yankees, don't, these guys get hurt running the first base, sliding in the second, catching the ball, like taking like a hack. It's trying to beat out a double play, it's trying to beat out a double play, like stretching for a ball. It's like, bro, you guys are just like getting hurt doing the most basic things. But that also, just makes me, it also makes me say like they're probably not that hurt. Like they're probably yeah probably need to be held out there. Like they probably should be day to day. Like really like once again hate to side with the boomers, but you really do say like dude these guys are just so soft. Like if this happened like ten fifteen years ago, these guys would probably be out like a game or two, and they're like all right back in there. It's like yeah, yeah guys like it's like yeah I'm a little banged up, but it's a hundred sixty two game season. I'm not gonna feel a hundred percent every time I go out there. You don't but even like, have to go back to to the boomers. I mean you even look at guys like. Like like Paul O'Neill and Derek Jeter, right? I mean, that's yeah. still basically everyone's lifetime, um, except for some of our, our younger. Yeah, like but, Paul um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, you, know, you fight there. I mean, Jeter had so many leg, lower leg injuries his last like six, seven years, and I know he missed almost the entire season in 2013. Um, I mean, for he that. Broke his, coming, he broke his foot, dude. Like <laughs> the, the year before, right? And then struggled most of the year coming back yeah. after. But but even though those. Even from like 2009 on, right? There was always minor things that he just worked through, and 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 I agree because Luigi, part of us gets really mad at Ed Boone, and I don't know if it's Boone or if it's the the organization making these decisions. But how many times have we heard, like, oh, you know, he he kind of tweaked this thing. We're, I'm not too worried. Um, exactly. You know, we'll sit him down for a couple days, and then, and then 24 hours later, he's he's going to be on the on the aisle for for three yeah, weeks. And then like, you you see these guys like you know fun. practicing on the field, like looking absolutely fine. Like, literally yeah. looking absolutely fine. Like, hey, he's a couple weeks away. Like, even with Stanton. Like, there's just been times with Stanton over the last couple of years, right, where it's like, guys, get hurt, and, you know, you hear updates about this guy and this guy. And I'll kind of just say to myself, something will, like, go off in my head, and I'll say, wait a minute. We haven't heard anything about from Stanton in, like, weeks. Like, is this guy alive? Like, can we? Like, what, what's going on with Stanton? And then it's like someone will ask, like, oh, yeah, he's just, you know, getting BP, hitting balls off a tee. I just don't know. I'm like, there's no way these guys are that hurt. These guys, there's probably a secret island the Yankees have that they just send these guys to when they're hurt to refresh and relax. Or something. I, it just, there's no way that this team has that, that many injuries. And I get, I totally get the end game, right? Make sure that everyone is at full capacity come the playoffs. But it always makes me wonder that if them being 100% healthy, but having a little rust on them, is that actually better than them playing through injuries the whole year? I mean... See, the- I'm, I'm going to bring up Luke Hoyt. Like, That's a bad example because he was crap in the in the playoffs. But he played through plantar fasciitis the whole year. He was also year, still right? injured. Right. But, I mean, this, you uh, could, is that, did that affect his postseason performance? Or was that just a coincidence, right? Because, I felt like the thing that affected his postseason performance was him obviously trying to do nothing but hit home runs. Like, he yeah. took a big, huge leg kick and just swung for the fences every time. That's what yeah, I, in my observation, that's what yeah, happened. Man, but, like, yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about that, dude. That's a good um, segue. Like, the... I truly believe there needs to be balance in a lineup. Mm-hmm. Like I was about to say, the only guy in this lineup that goes up to the plate with a plan, with a game plan, that makes adjustments is DJ. But you know what? I'll give it to Hicks, too. People give shit for, to Hicks for always walking. But God damn it, at least the guy fucking looks at pitches. At least the guy makes the pitcher work. He does like, work I, the I always really give him credit for that. Long. People be like, oh, yeah, Hicks is hitting 220. I'm like, yeah, he also has a 375 OBP. I'll take that guy on my team any day. And, you know, his outfield, his defense wasn't as good this year, as sharp this year as it usually is, but it was coming back from Tommy John and definitely hasn't been on the field as much as he usually is for an offseason. Really, like, works out, like, really fucking hard in the offseason, like. Which you you think he will this year? No, but. I mean, he usually does. I mean, that's just one thing. He usually does go pretty hard. But, G, you mentioned the Rockets before. And, like, the Yankees and Rockets really are similar in terms of, like, the Rockets, all they do is shoot threes, and the Yankees, all they try to do is hit home runs. 
And like, right. it's okay and I love Homer. Try to hit, man. Yeah, look, it's it's okay to like look. I'll give like like I know it's annoying with like Judge and Stanton and guys like that. Like they're allowed to a certain extent to hit home runs to just like go for home runs. It's it's you know it's still going to cost you in the postseason. But like if those dudes, if you just have like two or three boppers in your lineup, like that works. Mm-hmm. But when you have seven or eight boppers and like like seven or eight wannabe boppers in your lineup, and really only like two or three are. It's like guys like Geo, guys like I don't know why Glaber. Like I know he's still young. I know he's got so much potential still. Glaber, I just can't stand watching Glaber hit. I really can't. I really I am can't hoping stand his approach. I can't stand his discipline. It's just terrible. And his plate discipline was so good last year. Remember they talked about it all throughout the playoffs. Like, oh, you know, a kid his age should be that pitch someone away, and he spit on it, and then he drew a walk. Like, what, what happened this year? And I get it's a weird year, but I mean, everything that he showed uh, positive progression last year all went to shit this year well, i'm really hoping that glaber doesn't become at age whatever 24 now like a guy who's gonna hit like whatever the close to 40 and just be another guy who's gonna hit like 250 like he should be so much better than that and he has been so much better than that and like and there's a scary know, track record for it if you look at i mean he's very similar to a former minor league team of his javi bias who had arguably the worst he was regular the season of anyone of any regular player I, in baseball I, this year. I think like, was he like the, I think I read something. He was like the sixth worst hitter in baseball. I think this his year. OPS think, plus was like fifty three. I think him and Gary were right next to each other. Like that's the thing. If I wanted to like beat the Rockets comparison to death, like I think it's a very very good one because it's like you know the Rockets they shoot like a ton of threes more than anyone. They break this down for their players like extremely detailed. Like, they give their players a packet. That's what I like. I read. They're like, this is the spots where you're best on the floor, so go to those spots and shoot threes from them, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, hey, you know what? If you have a couple home run hitters, like, you know, your judges, or your stands, like, whatever, cool. Every lineup's going to have their power hitters, you know. Like, we've seen Stanton hit, like, 280, and Judge, you know, has had his runs. But, you know, like, whatever. Let's just say that those are the power hitters. Like, Rockets shoot a ton of threes. James Harden shoots a ton of free throws. Well, in the playoffs, you face the teams with the better defense, and the whistles tighten up. So the free throws are going to go away, and some of the three-point attempts are going to go away. So where are the points coming from? Like, if the Yankees' whole thing is Stanton's going to hit, you know, 30, and Judd's going to hit 30, and Geo might run into, like, 25, and Glaber hit 40 last year, like, cool. But guess what? In the playoffs, the pitching is better. So where are the runs coming from? Like Gio's and, and here's hurt, the thing, you know, they're DJ's only going to win a World Series like that if they get all those home runs, which I'm not going to say is never going to happen, but we're, we're, we're at year three now of, of yeah. failure, according we to this. Like, I get the launch angle thing. I, I get – like home runs are great, right? When, it, when, when they're coming through and you're blasting the ball over the yard, awesome. And there have been instances of teams that hit a lot of home runs that win the World Series, right? But, I mean, you're, you're walking a tightrope there, and we haven't been able to, to deliver no, in those moments like other teams to, have. You have to be able to like – find a middle ground in that approach well that's the like, safer way right i mean it's really great dj's gonna get up there and get a single hicks might get a walk and then judge how many times right judge or you know whatever judge swung at a, a curveball that was just like on home plate all postseason like Here, other than stanton thing. hitting home runs and dj hitting singles tell me what any of these other players was trying to do this postseason when they went to the plate like Luke Voigt was trying to hit a home run, but other Hicks than that, I don't know what the fuck they were trying to do. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what they were trying to do. Okay, here's the thing though: as much as we've complained about the offense, and as much as I do think the homer bust strategy is just awful, that's not why they they haven't you know won a World Series the last few years. They haven't won a World Series the last few years because this starting rotation is shit. Mm-hmm. Like, just think, okay, look, let's just go back this four year stretch, right? Where, like, this, like, G, you were saying, like, this four year kind of core with, like, you know, Judge and all of them. Okay, so 2016, you lose to the Astros. They had a much better rotation than us. 2017, you lose to the Red Sox. Or, wait, am I getting those years right? Flip it. No, 2017. Flip it. Flip it. Flip it. Okay, so 27, yeah, 2016, we didn't make the playoffs. I'm dumb. 2017, we lose to the Astros. They have a better rotation. 2018, lose to the Red Sox. They have a better rotation. 2019, lose to the Astros. Better rotation. This year, 2020, Rays, better rotation. We, we I would have, say we, I would say better pitching staff because I mean 
The Rays starters didn't go out there and shove. For six I mean, I, I'm taking Snell, Glass now, and Morton over. And that's not what they Cole. want. They want because their bullpen we couldn't. Talk. Oh no, for sure, for sure. Like the bullpen is like with the Rays, just adds another element to it. But right. No, but but I do just want to like clarify. Like, I think but I would still rather to have an extent that is a lazy cliche a little bit to just say, oh, the starting rotation is everything. Because even in spite of all of that, yes, we had a, a garbage starting rotation. But we scored one run in game five, and all it would have taken was any single player in that lineup coming through with a hit. And we, we in spite of all of that, in spite of but, all the, the – But the, if we had a number her, two guy who Boone trusts, then we don't have that whole, whole fiasco in game two, and we could I mean, just that's throw true out as well. number two starter. You're yeah, right, so it's a combination I mean, of everything. Like, 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 like look, at the, really, look at the Nationals last year. They had they have Scherzer, Corbin, and Strasburg. It's like Corbin that, came out of the bullpen a lot, though. He did. He did. They, they utilized him out of the bullpen a lot. But still, my point is like – so many teams win the World Series, even those Giants teams. Like, those teams, position players-wise, weren't that good. It's yeah. like Pablo Sandoval was the best hitter on those teams. And I get he was, you know, good back then. He wasn't like Those a guys got hits, you know what I mean? Yeah, they got timely I mean, hits for sure. But I'm saying on paper, like, those teams weren't, like, phenomenal. You look at that Giants team, like, yeah, it's a solid team. But, hey, they also, had, obviously Mad Bum's, like, one of the greatest postseason pitchers ever. And he's, I mean, he's was phenomenal in all three runs. But starting pitching and just great pitching and, like, because I say starting pitching, and, like, I'm kind of stuck in, like, 2014 because now with, like, you know, what the Rays are doing with bullpens and just bullpen days and everything, like, it is more of, like, a whole pitching rotation, like, pitching, pitching staff. You are right about that, Andrew. But I do think that, like, you need at least two big-time starting pitchers. We got one. Now we need another one. Like, I don't know where that's going to come from. Like, maybe it's Sevy when he gets healthy. Uh, we thought it was Tanaka because it was, you know, postseason Tanaka. It wasn't. I don't know, but like I, I just I noticed that we we just never have the starters to just. And, but and this, they did on we, paper, right? Look at the beginning yeah. of the year. We were supposed to have Paxton. Paxton to be our number four. Like, Paxton too, right? Yeah, because like, people give people say, "Oh well, Cashman didn't do anything." I'm like, man, like Paxton was a good ad. I know it didn't work out, but like Paxton was a good get, right? It it didn't work out, but I still. I still never had an issue with that, and he couldn't stay healthy. But, but it's not even Cashman's fault. It, it's the the strength and conditioning's fault yeah, for screwing yeah, the pooch. Exactly. Like he should have had that back surgery. I, I get with with the COVID shutdown, it ultimately didn't really matter. But I mean, he was rusty, so maybe it did still matter a little bit. Like he should have had surgery the day they got eliminated last year, and they waited until three weeks into spring training to be like, "Oh shit, we thought this back issue was going to go away," and oh look, it required surgery, even though we knew it was there four or five months ago, yeah. and it's a three month recovery. Like, what are you doing? The Yankees medical staff was like, "Yeah, like you know, back issues usually just go away. You know, like back issues don't linger. We're just going to do months of rehab; it'll be fine." Like, the Yankees are just in a really weird in-between spot. I feel like there's, like, so much of the roster, like, you could say is, like, really pretty good. You know, they have a lot of good hitters and stuff. And then there's a lot of just, like, stuff that it's, like, fat that could be trimmed from the roster. Maybe it's time to move on from this guy. Like, the pitching, I feel like if you had, like, even last year's bullpen, they probably would have won that series against the Rays. Yeah, Tommy Canely alone was a huge Right, like, you know, the... I mean, Del Matanzas was hurt, but like a guy like that, if you can get the the number two, it's like you know we talked a lot about Trevor Bauer in our group chats. If he says I want a one year deal, he's been saying that like a one one year deal, just go pay him whatever to get a one year deal. Like, and then you have another ace. See if it works, right? And and if he should go, yeah, like one year, yeah, one year. Like, but and I mean, everyone wants bullpen arms. Everyone, you know, everyone wants those guys who can come out just for like ninety eight and. And whatever, like if Cashman can get another one of those from somewhere, that would be super great. But like, I feel like the Yankees starting wise have arms to at least play with or consider because it's like, you know, you have Davey, he's 21. But I also feel like a lot of this is like two years down the road. It's like Davey is, you know, going to be good. Probably we hope he's going to be good. He looked pretty good. But mm-hmm. you know you can't fast forward the maturation process. Sevy's coming and same, back. From and Tommy same thing John. with Clark Schmidt. Right, like Clark Schmidt. You know you're basically playing for two years from now. Hopefully he's coming up and doing stuff next year. But you know he's young. Who the fuck knows? Like right. And 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 go Herman coming back. Even with that. Oh no. Even good. with Cole. Even even with Cole. I mean, if you're going to wait two three years down the road for for these guys to hit, you know their their maturation. Like maybe Cole's not as effective as he is now. So it it never lines up perfectly. Right. I mean, so and like. You know, you have, you know, Herman and Sevy. Like, you have guys who are, like, pretty good. Like, you know, Sevy was disgusting out of the bullpen. 
you know, at one point in his career, Herman, we saw do it like, you know, you have Jordan Montgomery, who I feel like I had never a, saw him had pitch. A very good, had a very good game four start. Got Kudos, tip of the cap. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I feel like I've never seen a pitch more than like five innings at any one point. Like, all, it seems like all the starts are five innings, three runs given up. <laughs> like, it's all good. But like, you have arms that can be useful to you, maybe in a less defined role. They need to be more defined. So it's like, if you go out and get Trevor Bauer, and then what? It's like, hey, you know what? Domingo Herman, you haven't pitched all year. Like, we're going to start you out in the bullpen, and just for the fuck of it, we'll see what happens. Davey Garcia, Severino, you're going to be the number five starter, and we'll see what happens. Like, you, you just have to define some of these arms you have floating around the organization, and you just have to do that by whatever you can get in free agency. You have to fill these roles with actually Trevor Bauer's a really good pitcher, so we're going to go get him. And then fill in the blanks in all the other places. Like, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Like I said, there's a lot of weird gap filling and fat trimming that needs to be done, which is annoying to say, like, four years into a run with all these players that we're still looking at. They're the same players. Like, but like you said earlier, it's just something's not working. Right? Like, the way the roster is constructed should work, and it's just, there's just something off that's not. And part of me always wonders if maybe um, the roster is constructed the way it should be, and we should have won one or two titles, and we just didn't come through in the moment. Or if, you know, you can account stuff that you, know, you, you, you can't really blame on Severino's Tommy John and Domingo Herman's suspension. Like, maybe those guys would have been huge assets this year, and we would have coasted through Tampa in three games. Like, I, I, you, you never know, right? It's just, it sucks that there's all these ifs that you don't have any answers I to. I mean, yeah, the, I don't know. Like, the... The thing that bothers me in terms of this specific playoff series is whatever, one extra reliever. It's like, why are you going to Johnny fucking Lasagna in a close game when you're losing? Because who else are you going to go to? Like, and I don't want to like poo-poo just this guy, but like Adam Adovino, man, like needs to be like, oh yeah, I mean, it sucks because he was so good. It's not the the Yankees fault. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, what can you do? Like, if you want to be like Tommy Canley got hurt, what what are you going to do? Like Adam Adovino was really good the first half of last year, was literally completely unusable to the point where they would bring him in for one batter. He The batter would get on base, and then they'd take him out. And it was kind of like floating around in the middle of that for this year. But it's and like, this year with the three-batter minimum, did he appear in a single postseason game? I don't even know if he did. He, yeah, he did. He was, um, he was in um, game two. Game three? Oh, game, they, and he they, gave he, up a run. Yeah, and then and he let the guy steal second base, and then they had to take him out because he doesn't hold the run as well. Like, it just you know that's that's a Cashman it, thing that like what can you do, right? Like he was so good that you signed him, and now he sucks. But like, how do you go from zero to a hundred that quickly? Like, it's just I don't know. It's just a weird thing where it's in terms that that's the one of the frustrating things about this particular playoff, you know, flame out is, like, the margin was so close. You lose by one run, you know, you got to score more runs. But, like, over the course of the series, those these things on the roster that just could have been different or should have been different and were just really annoying. Yep, yep. Well, we could talk about this all night, but let's just wrap the show up with some free agency talk. This is it's, We're going to get a lot more into this, but Yankees have some interesting decisions to make, right? Guys who are free agents, DJ, Paxton, Massa, um, Hap, probably gone. What? Do, like, let me just start with this. I mean, potentially he, Britain, right? They have, they have to make a we, call on potentially Britain. Do we, did Hap's thing did his option vest? It um, didn't, but they they were going to potentially restructure it, and the way they kind of jerked him around, he could potentially have a grievance. Maybe they'll just eat it, and maybe maybe not at seventeen million, but it's possible they could just say we'll pick up your option at like. Just, he, he can be gone. I'm okay with that. Luigi, what were you going to say? So, do you guys want Tanaka back? Um, I, I don't. Maybe at like $15 million less than you're no. making. That, that's like, too much. <laughs> hell no. no. It's going to prevent you from bringing back DJ Look, potentially. Nope. Tanaka's had a really nice Yankee career, right? He's He's been very good for us. I applaud him for sticking out and foregoing his opt-out like three years yeah. ago, saying he wants to stick no, it out. Like, but... He's just—he's just a very average. I'm not going to say he's a bad pitcher at this point. He's just a very average pitcher at this point, man. Mm-hmm. He, he's got underwhelming stuff. I, I just don't like. He's—he might not even be like a number four or five pitcher right now. 
to bring him back, like, and gee, you're probably right. That's, you know, I don't know if he'd get the, I don't know how much he gets. I could see him just getting like a smaller deal. I could see him retiring even. Who knows? I mean, but he shouldn't. I, I just do not want to knock him back. He had a nice Yankee career, but it, and that's it's, the thing, it's time to move on. We need a, a much thinking, better starter than him. Like, there's a lot of guys. If you run down the roster, the, the ALDS roster, like, you know, you, you, the guys in your organization are who they are, but like, there's a lot of guys who run down the roster. And I feel like you'd be like, do you want him back? Well, probably not. Like, Mike Ford or Jay Happ, you know, God bless him. He's 39. So like, what do you want from him? But like, you know, do you want him back? No. Like, Tanaka, I wouldn't, you know, prioritize it. Like, if I wouldn't have Tanaka prevent me from re-signing someone else, but if you got to the end of the offseason, you still need a fifth starter. Like, if you could come at to, come to like a reasonable number, then I'd be like, okay. But like, I feel like at some point, like a lot of these in between guys, you just have to move on from like the same way. And, you know, he played a lot in the playoffs. So like, you know, he was pretty, effective. but at some point, you know, Clint Frazier, we asked him to improve his defense. He improved his defense. Like, you know, he hit and he got regular bats and hit really well. It's like at some point, can we just stop not, playing these guys who are clearly ready to play like and just move on from this these parts of the roster that are like in the middle like and just move on to the next guys like yeah the outfield should be hicks judge frazier next year for sure but for some reason they just hate clint and if they're just gonna keep bringing back around like that well guard look i've said this the last couple years their plan for guardy the last two years has been okay this is our fourth slash fifth outfielder good guy to have off the bench and then judge and hicks and like everyone else gets hurt and it's like well guardy guess what you're our starting outfielder 75 i was gonna say he's he's a great guy to have off the bench you know a nice veteran presence in the clubhouse a guy that could like you know he's gotten a lot of big hits a guy who still has like decent speed so you could use him as a pinch runner but yeah as a starting outfielder just not what you want for a contending team but when you your starting outfielders who you do have for a contending team get injured, you get Cardi. That's what happens. Um, like what about like, guys... Okay, so Hal said that Gary is coming back, right? He's like, a, he expects Gary to come back. He expects Boone to come back. I mean, he can expect a lot of things. I feel like if Cashman went to him and said, like, with a deal, you know, that they all were down to do, like, I feel like. Gary for a new turtle? Because, <laughs> like, what, who the fuck would trade for Gary? I mean, I could see, like, a shit team who looks at their lineup and doesn't, like, like, there are teams out there, right, that could, will look at their lineup, you know, come spring training next year and say, wow, we literally don't have a guy in this lineup that has the ability to hit, like, 25-plus home runs, right? And then they see, like, oh, Gary Sanchez is available? Yeah, let's give like a couple like you know C level prospects for him and some money or whatever cash considerations, international signing money, whatever, and like give that to the Yankees and let's put Gary in our lineup. Like, hey, if, even if this dude sucks, whatever, he he sucks. Well, you know but, what's like, scary? Is... He, this guy could hit 30, 35 home runs for us, and if he can, then that's awesome because we don't have a guy like that. Like, like a team like that could use Gary because like yeah, you, you don't he's just got to get right. Like, I'm I'm sick of him watching him. What's that, Andrew? I say one of those teams may end up being Tampa Bay. Mike yeah, I thought about that immediately. I was like, imagine? Just a we're not going to voluntarily trade him, but like, let's no, say no, we no, cut no. him or if, something like that. If Gary goes to Tampa, you know he's hitting like 340 with 55 homers over 990 OPS. <laughs> Off myself. Oh my god. But like, yeah, so dude, the Yankees man. Like Gary, like, look, like I said this to Andrew before the show. Could you imagine if someone three years ago said to you? Hey, in a few years, Gary Sanchez is going to get benched in the ALDS for Higgy, for Kyle Higashioka. You'd look at that person and say, yeah, okay. Like, oh, okay, bud. You're, you're smoking something. But guess what? That happened. Like, Kyle Higashioka was the in, in the postseason. And, like, no, people weren't even, like, mad about it. People were like, yep. Like, yeah, that's, that's the right move. Like, that's where we're at with Gary. Talk about, like, a fall from race. And, like, if you said that, like, a year ago, like, oh, screw Gary, Gary sucks, like, most of the fan base would come at you and be like, oh, dude, Gary, and they all this. But now it's like. We were, we were we were one of those people. Yeah, no, for sure. Now you're you, 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 like, you had, the, like, the true boomers were like, oh, he strikes out, he's I, I kind of turned I'm on with Gary. You're like, look what he does. Like, you can't walk away from that year, kind of talent. This year, I think I turned on Gary. Mm-hmm. Like, this me. was the year that I was, like, in the middle of the year, I was, yeah, I'm done with this guy. Like, this dude, at one point, what was he? 
what was he hitting at one point? It, it was 130, it was like, I think. It was like a month into the season, I think, or like 20, 25 games into the season. He was at like 118 or something. Like he was I literally think, yeah, like sure he was under 100. Like he, he was like below 100, a decent amount to the season. It, it was just like, bro, is this guy going to get hits? Like he was yeah. six for like 70 or some shit. I don't even know. Gary was hitting under 100 as recently as August 11th. Granted, that's only like 20 games yeah. in a year. But so. Yeah, yeah, that's only like a few weeks. But still, like he was just awful. And look, I know in 2019 he had, what, 34 home runs? But his average defense was still shit. And I look, I know average isn't the end-all, be-all, but it's a good – like average doesn't mean that much if you have like a, you know, around normal batting average. Like if you have like a 280 average, it's like, hey, you really can't take nothing for it. Let's dive deeper into the stats. If you have like a 180 average, it's like, oh, well, let's dive deeper. No, you don't need to dive deeper in anything. That guy sucks. If you're hitting 180, you're not a good hitter. It's just simple as that. Like if, when you're Gary, you're hitting like 210, 220, Jesus Christ, man. If you take if you take away his first two seasons, I believe he's like a 208 hitter. Like that's just unacceptable, man. That that is just like unacceptable for like I, I think this was my like I forget what game it was. But it was a he had an at bat, and I literally just like was yelling at him through my TV, saying, "You go up there with the same approach every at bat. You don't make any adjustments, and then you just swing at a curveball in the dirt, and then you just mope back to the dugout, and you're just like, I like get this dude off my team. Like I am so like I can't stand watching guys not make an adjustment." Like, just like, all right, well, I'm 0 for, I'm 0 for my last 18 with, like, 15, 13 strikeouts. Time to keep hacking. I'm just going to keep hacking. Like, no, shorten the hell up and drive the ball the other way or something. Didn't he come up with a big game, too? Like, oh, no, this, like, you know what? I'm 0 for my last 20. This ball's going over the fucking stadium. Like, I'm hitting this one to fucking Canada. Like, it, just change your approach. Like, in the context of our whole conversation, I feel like it's, like, I mean – there has to be like accountability for the player. You have to go out there and perform. I'm not saying he doesn't prepare because he does, but like at some point, if just organizationally, they just don't adjust well. And yep. I don't know. Yeah, I it's don't know. It's very frustrating. I feel bad because, like, like you were saying, like a couple of years ago, people would defend him so strongly, and I still kind of want to. But now, if someone says like, "Oh, Gary Sanchez fucking sucks," I'll kind of just half-heartedly be like. <laughs> Like, uh, like, yeah, <laughs> like, oh man, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like it's that like you said he's it. Got but a like, point. Yeah, like that. Just, I mean, it just sucks, dude. For him, especially yeah, to does. burst on the scene and be like, hit twenty home runs in two months, and then just kind of flame out would be really disappointing for him because he's definitely a good dude. But like, no, you I mean, know what can you do? It's a business after all. You need to win. Like, you need to, you need to perform. And if there's, they have other. They have a lot of other catching prospects in the organization now. You know what I was thinking of with Gary? Gary was like, or remember when Gary came up and he was literally almost one rookie of the year playing half a year. Gary was like the first, because remember the Yankees for a long time had a problem where like no one was homegrown. Like we had lineups where like every single guy was acquired by either trade or free agency, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And Gary was like the first hit, not guy, because like we had Seve and we had like pitch, but like Gary was the first position player the first hitter that was like homegrown that like gave us hope in a while like Like, it had been i think like what since cano like that was the last like that could be there could be someone i'm forgetting in between but like that was the last guy that was homegrown and came up and was awesome and that was gary and in a time when like the fan base was a really dark time for the yankees gary came through and gary was awesome and he was just like wow this guy's like he has what like you know, 50, he had so many home runs his first two years. Like, this guy's on pace at this many home runs. And I really think, like, especially for a lot of the younger Yankee fans, because we have a lot of, like, younger, you know, members in our blog who, like, really gravitated towards Gary. And I think it was really tough for a lot of them just to, like, you know, just to say, like, oh, this guy sucks and, like, this guy's just not good. I, I don't know, man. It just it really is, like, in that sense, it is tough. And that's why people have defended him for so long, because Gary was, like, our first glimmer of hope offensively in so long, but man, it's, yeah. it's time to move on, man. Like it really is. Like if they, like I could, I could even see them. Like if they do get like a JT or like a, you know, just make a big splash and get a catcher, I could see them just leaving him on the team and just having him as like a, 
backup catcher slash DH. Cause like at this point, like it's, it's almost like my guy Jameis with the Bucks. Like, you know, you throw all those picks, like you're not going to be a starter. That's just how it works. And like, you're going to have to be a backup for a little bit. You're a guy like Gary, you have like, I don't even want to look it up, but like, what was his strikeout rate? Like strikeout percentage, like 45%. He struck out like 40, 45% of the time. It seemed like, like, like when I'd you're, really you're that bad, in the you're biggest spot not, too. Yeah. When you're just I'd really love to see what he did. If he went, got sent down to triple a, like, I'd really love to see what happened down there. Like if it, some, it's like, like it was like for Chad Green where he just like Chad Green like was complete ass and then went down there and just like dominated for a week and then they brought him right back. Like I'd love to see what happened. I'm not sure they'll do it. Yeah, Gary just gets sent down for like five games. Like wait a minute, like hits like twelve home runs. Like wait a minute, I'm fucking raw. Like what the hell am I doing? Send me back up. Yeah, like. But yeah, I mean, no, like I, I, know with, I don't know with Gary. I, I just, I'm pretty done if with. If this him. year wasn't it, then next year probably has to be it, one way or the other. Yeah, like this, this year was the perfect year to suck because of like the whole COVID year. So like, if you suck this year, you could, like, you know, the front office if they want to get like, another oh, your, your bullet, routine was off. To COVID. Yeah, like oh, it was a weird anything, COVID like, year, throwaway year. We whatever. didn't have normal spring training. Yeah, like, you could, you could, you could blame it on shit. But, like, yeah, next. Next year is like a real make or break year for a lot of people, you know, just, I, know. I think, I think for our whole team really, because yeah. if, if the Yankees either under like another more than they did this year or yeah, ALDS something ALDS like this, like you saw some stupid shit, like an interesting opinions, like saying like, was it Joel Sherman who said like they should trade Glaber Torres and Luke Voigt or like, just like for the sake some, of getting a couple of left-handed bats in the line. Like, the left-handed bats in the form of Brandon and like, Crawford. Like, come on. We have Mike Ford. Why do we need Like, if you line? saw that this year, like, for, if you saw those opinions this year, if it if they don't at least get to the World Series next year, then you're going to see them a lot Talk more. About but in that case, tearing it down, and, and this, this roster as it's constructed isn't going to work, and now it's time to think about, um, you know, an alternate plan. Like, maybe this isn't going to work, and you gotta you got to reboot. Yeah, you're going to see it. That's what, as soon as next year, right? If, if they have a similar, um, similar issues, right? So I mean, if they have a similar outcome, just because they run into like a team that's like white hot, they played well all year, maybe not. Um, but I mean, if you see people struggle throughout the whole year, you see the injuries again, um, you see them like kind of just turn the switch off in the, in the biggest of moments, then yeah, you you, you take stock of the team and, and you you know that like this. This group of guys isn't it, right? I mean, look at the teams that won championships in the late 90s, right? They were not as talented. Um, they certainly didn't put up the kind of stats um, that the guys today can and do when they're healthy. Um, but something just worked, right? They, they they won games. You look, you go back to the 2001 World Series, even though we didn't even win that. Like, the amount of moments, um, granted, obviously, you had the, the whole 9-11 um, hard on their sleep type thing. But the, 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 the amount of moments from that postseason alone, right? You had, like, Jeter's flip play. Then you had all the walk-offs. Um, against Arizona in in the World Series, like that team had something that this team lacks, right? Um, and if it happens another year, you have four years of of shortfalls in the playoffs. You almost wonder if this team will never get over the hump. Boone says we're knocking on the door every year, like we just we're gonna get there eventually. Like maybe you're not with these group of guys. Maybe these guys don't have the capability. Now individually they may work on different teams, but this collective of people all together like this, maybe it doesn't work. Boone's yeah. knocking on the door of the wrong fucking house. Boone's knocking on the fucking side door with like the pool door that no one's at. Oh like, God! How <laughs> Steinbrenner said Boone's coming back, so like, what can he do? But I mean, well, we knew that though, because he he said yeah. Frank Cashman said he wanted him here for ten more years because he's a puppet, right? If, yeah. if that's the case, then he wants Boone because Boone is a genuinely good dude who is at the mercy of people making his decisions for him, and he has to go out there and face the media every day, and that's kind of why his, oh, yeah, no, I think he looked good. I think he had good swings. I think he pitched well. Like, just because he doesn't, he doesn't, he can't actually put his own input in the game. He can't put his fingerprint on the team. They don't allow him to. Nope, they don't. But, yeah, I think, uh, anything else we got? I think we've gone, like, an hour. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's rough, you know, a lot of, a lot of anger, a lot of, a lot of disappointment. Um, team really needs to look themselves in the mirror. And I, I don't even think we mentioned this because I think our next episode will be like our free agency episode. Going to talk yeah. about what direct, going to kind of predict what pre- direction the Yanks are going to go free agency because there are are some pretty good names in free agency. It's not like a huge big name class. Like you're not going to have like you know the Machados or the Harper type signings or the Cole type signings. I don't think this offseason. 
but there are a lot of good, like really solid, sneaky, like difference maker type guys all over. So it's going to be interesting. And we really didn't even mention it, but like if they don't resign DJ, this, this podcast, I will no longer be hosting this podcast if we don't resign (laughs) DJ. Like I, I I don't think I'll be able to watch and care and pay attention to this team if we don't resign him because like that guy's been our most consistent. It kind of a different situation completely, but it almost reminds me. Like when we didn't resign Cano, the first thing I said was like, how do we not resign our only consistent hitter? Like Cano was our only consistent hitter all those years. The only guy we could like year in, year out rely on to be a good hitter for us. And I know it's only been two years, but that's been DJ the last two years. It's like, like in terms of like, just like a series to series uh, standpoint, guy stayed healthy. Guy just drives the ball to right field, works the count, clutch hits the whole nine yards. Like if we don't resign that guy, what the fuck are we doing as an organization? Yeah, agreed. So yeah, uh, I that think that's it. Um, Andrew, got anything else to say? No, 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 no more of this pain. <laughs> <laughs> I think Andrew uh, is currently halfway right. out his balcony. Um, Imagine watching baseball. Yeah, I mean this. De- I mean, let's be real. This season didn't even count. So like, you know, at big after <laughs> whoever wins, American Bucks, who who cares? Um, but yeah, we'll be back with a little free agency episode. Talk about. You know who they're going to bring back, who they're going to let go, who they're going to resi- who they're going to sign. Bauer, uh, Hendricks, JT Real Muto. There's some good names out there, but for now we just wanted to be mad for an hour. So for Luigi, for Andrew, for G, this is the Bronx Bomber Bauer Podcast. <laughs>